Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the cat. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, we'll be talking about it right here, Monday through Friday, on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We will discuss some um, baseball, football, basketball, and fishing. All of it. We're going to get it on this episode. So let's jump right in, and let's start with a big old happy birthday to Mr. Mark Stoops. He turns 52 today as I'm recording on Tuesday. It's actually a little bit after 11 p.m. on Tuesday. Uh, So I'm getting it right in uh, the last segment here. Hopefully he's listening right now. Happy birthday, Mark. Let's take this moment right here and kind of look back on, on Mark Stoops' time at Kentucky. Let's start with the most recent stuff because... Last season, as you all know, was unbelievably successful for Mark Stoops. I pulled up his bio on UK Athletics, and it just was really impressive, all the stuff that he was able to do last season. Here's the, here's the line. All totaled, the 10-3 and record was Kentucky's best season in 41 years and only the third 10-win season in school history. UK finished 11th in the final USA Today coaches poll and 12th in the final AP press tabulation, the school's first appearance in the final ranking since 1984. Stoops was recognized for Kentucky's breakthrough season in addition to being listed number one from the collegefootballnews.com. He was named SEC Coach of the Year by the league coaches, Athlon Sports, and the Associated Press. Unbelievable. I mean, it's just was phenomenal what last season does, and that was kind of a culmination of so much that Mark Stoops had built at UK football. And I was, was looking some stuff up, and it was really, it, well, at this point, it's kind of entertaining to go back and read what was written when Stoops took the Kentucky job. Actually, this was semi by accident, and I found Kyle Tucker's tweet from 2012, and this will kind of give his voice (laughs) on this podcast. He's out in Vegas doing important athletic business, and by that I think he's having a company dinner and eating a delicious snake and probably, did I say snake or steak? I meant steak, and then he's probably going to go gamble because he stopped texting me back, but that's okay, Kyle. We'll forgive you on this one. Anyway, here's Kyle's, I'll tell you what, uh, since I'm talking trash about Kyle, uh, let me let me read a tweet first from November 26th at 9.07 p.m. of 2012. Kyle Tucker tweeted, Per a source inside UK Athletics, Butch Jones, Sonny Dykes, and Mark Stoops have all said no thanks to Kentucky. Oops. <laughs> anyway, I that's, that's a joke that Kyle has had to live with for a while, that tweet. But here's something he, he did tweet and I think was accurate. He said, source on UK football search. All the agents are telling their coaches it's a dead-end job, and if they're an up-and-comer, don't touch it. That was Kyle's tweet, and this was actually in a Tomahawk Nation, which what is the SB, SB Nation, Florida fans, Florida State fan site. And the writer here followed, like has Kyle's tweet embedded and then said, he's right, Kentucky is a dead-end job. Even if 
Kentucky is at its absolute best. It's still an underdog in four of its seven yearly non-conference games. And look now where Mark Stoops is. It's kind of crazy. I, I mean, it's just unbelievable, unbelievable what he has been able to do. It's also funny now reading this, um, <laughs> this Tomahawk Nation thing. Uh, it says that Mark Stoops is a defensive coordinator. He's transformed Florida State's defense from one of the worst to a respectable defense into a top 10 defense. But his schemes are not revolutionary, nor is he a huge loss on the recruiting trail. <laughs> well, <laughs> considering what he's been able to do uh, at Kentucky from a recruiting standpoint, it's been pretty impressive uh, on the recruiting end. So, uh, this is the other thing that I, like I said, ever you all know this, but it is just kind of interesting to reset. Before Mark Stoops got here, Joker Phillips and UK went two and ten. The situation where Kentucky was at the bottom of the barrel, they were there was very little success on the horizon. Stoops in his first season ended up going two and ten again, um, but at this point in his Kentucky football. Career, his record stands at 36 and 39. He's almost back to 500, which is an accomplishment that I, I don't even know how many UK coaches have been able to do since Bear Bryant. I think it's only one. And it's a situation, you know, where he's had a success with a bunch of different guys from, on the coaching staff. There's been turnover. Some of it hasn't been ideal, um, but he's continued to have success. And to be in the situation coming off last season, just incredible. And, I mean, it's been just a truly a incredible turnaround. And, I mean, you can just see it in the, the progression over the last few seasons. From 2016 to 2018, UK won at least seven games and finished at least 500 in the Southeastern Conference each season. That's the first time UK won seven games and finished at least 500 in the league. In three consecutive years since, are you ready for this? Are you sitting down? Are you ready for this date? 1949 to 1951. So three years of consistent winning since 1951. 1951. The Wildcats placed second in the SEC East Division in 2016 and 2018. Those were the team's best finishes in the league, since the league split into divisions in 1992, the two best finishes in the East standings since ever, ever, because it was before the the league split. 2016, 17, and 18 bowl appearances are only the third time in school history that the Cats have advanced to a bowl game in at least three consecutive seasons. UK won three road games in 2017 and 2018. It's the first time UK had won three road games in back-to-back seasons since 1949 and 1950. I mean, these numbers are kind of staggering, and we we went through a ton of them last season as we were going through the year, but it is kind of looking back, and it's a good time to do it considering it's, it's Mark Stoops' birthday. It, it was just incredible, and... I was looking back at some of my some of my tweets about him, and there was one that kind of stood out uh, that I saw. I think it was at his if it wasn't his last media availability, it was the one before that. And he was he was talking about how he doesn't like narratives, 
and he wants to move along from them. And one of the interesting ones was he's sick of the narrative of breaking down barriers and breaking down walls. And I mean, you just kind of rolled through some there stuff that didn't happen since the eighties, since the nineties, since the freaking fifties. And now he wants to just kind of get away from all that and move on and just become known, you know, as the football program itself. And I, there's still things to overcome. He actually, this is kind of a, a show of it, progress, but still some things to work on because today on a PTI, that's pardon the interruption on ESPN, that debate show with Michael Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser, they actually gave him a birthday shout out, but per usual, <laughs> they had to tie in basketball and they had to mention that Kentucky was a basketball school first, but at the end of it, it was another compliment from Tony Kornheiser. And he said, nobody ever talks about Mark Stoops. Maybe they should. There's been reports, and I think somebody on uh, one of the SEC Network shows was saying how they think Mark Stoops is the next Dan Mullen, who obviously took the Florida job and got on the quote-unquote big-time college football job. So, I mean, it just seems like Mark Stoops is getting getting a lot of love from all over the college football community. Um, Interested to see what's going to happen in the next season. Coming up next, we are going to talk, speaking of next seasons, Tyrese Maxey spoke to T.J. Beisner on the Behind Kentucky Basketball podcast, and he has some really interesting things to say. I'll share a little bit of those right after a quick word from Twillery. If you go to twillery.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you get $25 off. Twillery is built on a century-old family manufacturing business. They make millions of shirts a year for leading brands, and they leverage those contacts and their team's technical know-how to keep costs down while maintaining high standards in quality and craftsmanship. Shirts are a commodity, and they make stocking your closet simple, easy, affordable, and the perfect fit, guaranteed. They offer free shipping and returns. So go to twillery.com slash locked on. That's T-W-I-L-L-O-R-Y dot com slash locked on. And use that promo code locked on. You are locked on Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tyrese Maxi time. As I mentioned, this is on uh, all courtesy. Well, I'm just I'm not going to use the audio. I'm just going to discuss the audio. Our buddy TJ Beisner began the Meet the Wildcats series on the Behind Kentucky Basketball <laughs> podcast. It's normally he and Joel Justice, but now what they do at this point in the season is they have freshmen, the new newcomers, and it won't all just be freshmen this year. They'll also have Nate Sestina. I got a I got a sneak preview of that guy's. I got a little little snippet that TJ sent me. It's it's really good. Uh, so Behind Kentucky Basketball, search that on your podcast player, and you can hear the full episode with Tyrese Maxey, and you should subscribe to that anyway. Uh, because there's great information there, and they'll be doing it with all the players. But a couple of things that, that stood out, and that some of these confirm some things that we have been heard. Maxi discussed the Breakfast Club and said that he started it. It was something that he had talked about with some teammates, and one day he did it. He, the first day he was all by himself, but then a couple of other players joined in. And that, that led into kind of a discussion about leadership and he took the stance that age is just a number, is how he kind of phrased it, and that he would not be afraid to be a leader this year, even though he is just a freshman. 
So you really love to hear that from a guy who probably won't be the starting point guard. That'll be Ashton Higgins, but we'll be playing some point guard and have the ball in his hand a ton. He is aware. This is, is kind of just amazing to hear. He, he said that he knows he's part of something way bigger when he joined Kentucky basketball. And to kind of have that perspective is really impressive from such a young guy. And the other thing that, that TJ talked about, and when we talked to TJ and um, assistant coach Joel Justice on the podcast, I guess it's been a few weeks ago now, they talked about how all the guys interacted at the camps and had an awesome time with the kids. And TJ had, had said it publicly about how how Maxie is just so so great with them and is really you know focused and really wants to make the kids day. And that goes back to him saying that if he was he can put himself in the shoes of those children because he was one a little bit ago. And he said there was a specific moment he got a chance to meet Lamarcus Aldridge, who's a multiple time NBA All Star now with the San Antonio Spurs. And there was a picture that Aldridge took of him with him where he put tiny Tyrese Maxey kind of on his shoulders and he said that that picture's still up in his house and it's just kind of one of those moments that you know reinforced the importance of basketball and now he tries to pass that along to the next generation uh TJ asked Tyrese about some of the fellow freshmen I thought he had really interesting insight actually if you're an opposing coach, you might want to listen to this because Maxie kind of gave a breakdown of how to beat all these guys and how to defend them. Uh, he was talking about Nate Sestina, and at, to this point when the interview was done, Sestina hadn't been practicing at all yet. He was still recovering from that injury. But Maxie was impressed with Sestina's ability to shoot the ball. He also talked about Keon Brooks, and this is he kind of confirmed something that a lot of people had been speculating on. He said uh, Brooks had grown. They played... On a couple of in a couple of camps, I don't know if it was USA camps or not, but they played against each other a lot in the um, EYBL circuit on the Nike circuit. So they they'd been around each other a ton, and he said that Keon had grown, gotten taller, and that lo- it looked to be the case when you watched um, some of the videos that were going around at the camps. Just looked at some pictures, but that kind of is a big deal. Obviously, Kerry Blackshear Jr. picks Florida, so Kentucky is thin to a certain extent in the front court, only having three traditional post guy in Sestina, Montgomery, and Richards. Seems like it's pretty clear that Brooks will be able to slide down there if necessary, and him uh, gaining a little height will obviously uh, be even more beneficial if he's needed to do that. Uh, he said of Brooks, if he was defending him, he would make him drive. Um, Khalil Whitney uh, was a guy that he was really impressed with, uh, of course, trying to defend, and that was a guy that he said really can take it to the rim, and that's somebody that Cal is going to say you need to get downhill and get to the rim and make that action. He also talked, I was talking about EJ and Nick as being the front court. Maxie, you could just hear the joy in his voice of the potential of playing with those two big guys. He said he'd never been able to play with guys that were that agile and that big, both over 6'10". He got to play with Montgomery a little bit, and it was just so great to do some pocket passes and lobs. And he, he told a story about trying to box out Nick Richards, and he thought he had perfect position, but then Richards just jumped over him, grabbed the ball, and dunked it. And there was nothing he could do because Richards is just so big and so athletic. He also brought up defense. He, there had been some quotes about how good he thinks this team can be on defense. He, he said that he individually wanted to be good on defense. Um, and so that's a situation where that's what you like to hear. Because if a, de- if a freshman is focused on defense, then that means 
things could get clicking a lot earlier. Because as Calipari says, they don't work on defense early, but a lot of times everybody knows defense is effort to a certain extent. So if he's putting any effort, that's music, I'm sure, to his coaches' ears and to UK fans' ears as well. He told a story about the first time John Calipari watched him play uh, live when he noticed him, and he said it was actually kind of funny. Calipari walks in, and he, he said it was like a dream moment to have that big-time coach at my game, and he picked up three fouls and had to sit out the majority of the first half when Coach Cal was there to see him. This is kind of gives you some insight into what he his basketball mind is, I think, because he talked about the common the common question of who do you kind of model your game after, who you watch in the NBA that you like to see. And he talked about two guys, but they weren't the well, Damian Lillard is one, and he he's a monster star, he's a superstar, but it wasn't just the game overall. He he pointed out a specific things, and it was specifically that Lillard creates separation when he gets his shot, and he wants to be able to do that as well. And then he also talked about Tony Parker, and the thing that he said about Tony Parker, who is now retired, is that his floater was just such a weapon. And even though Parker was slightly undersized in the NBA game, it was basically unblockable, and he would like to develop a shot similar to that. Uh, TJ wrapped up the interview by asking, what's something that Maxi would want the his legacy to be at UK after he wraps up and I thought this was a really great answer he said I want them to know I gave it my all that's that's a really good answer he's going to be a super fun one to cover there there are going to be some awesome guys to kind of to kind of talk to this season I'm really looking forward to getting involved and getting into some interviews so uh, stay tuned for all those because those will be right around the corner and actually you know I should have mentioned this in the last segment we're just a little bit, actually, I guess, as you're listening to this on Wednesday, SEC Football Media Days will be underway in a week. I'll be going down there to Hoover, Alabama, and Birmingham. I'll have a ton of coverage from Mark Stoops and the players that they decide to, to send down there. We'll have all those comments, so you should be following along on my Twitter feed, at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Coming up next, some more NBA nuggets that have to do with former Kentucky players. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. So, speaking of Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets rescinded their qualifying offer for Trey Lyles, and now he will be an unrestricted free agent. Initially, they made a qualifying offer, but it had been rescinded, and now Lyles is going to be able to get a fresh start somewhere somewhere. The Nuggets had, uh, you know, when it looked like Lyles would potentially come back, three UK players on the roster, Jamal Murray and Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt's been kind of turning some heads in Summer League this year because, as you saw in flashes when he was in a UK uniform, he's very athletic and has amazing skills. Um, But Lyles, you know, was the 12th pick in 2015. He averaged 8.5 points per game, 3.8 rebounds, 1.4 assists, played about 17 and a half minutes last year. He got traded, and I, you kind of hate when this happens. It's a situation where when you're involved in a trade and then the other team gets something big, then you kind of become, I don't want to necessarily like a joke or a punchline, but it's it always gets brought up. And Lyles was traded from the Jazz to the Nuggets, and then uh, with the pick that was traded to the Jazz, they were able to pick Donovan Mitchell, who seems to be becoming a superstar. 
And so he, he's going to be one of those guys where it's like, well, you know, they traded and, and now he's going to be a free agent. And so it's pretty clear that the Nuggets lost that trade. Now, there's a lot of other factors that go into that, including the fact that at that time, the Nuggets had a bunch of wings that they really liked and it would have kind of been positional redundancy if they had a draft Mitchell. And Donovan Mitchell wasn't a sure thing in a draft. So, you know, that's it's to a certain extent, it's revisionist history, but it always kind of be talked about that way and, and Lyles would be involved. As often in sports, sometimes it's better to kind of get a, a reset to a certain extent um, and then you know, try your, your best at a new spot. So we'll, we'll see. Um, uh, speaking of new spots, I'll go ahead and get this one out of the way. A.J. Reed, uh, former U.K. baseball superstar, he won a ton of awards when he was at U.K., was picked up by the White Sox. And um, he, was, uh, for, he was on the Houston Astros, and they designated him for assignment. And so he was, I mean, I'm kind of, I don't know all the terminology for the proper way to say how guys get reassigned in baseball. But basically, the Astros said, we don't want him no more, and the White Sox says, we want him. And Reed, in an interview today, said that it, the White Sox told him they'd been trying to trade for him for a while, so they're super excited to have him. And he's a guy who's had ton of success in AAA but has not um, transitioned that into major league success. So he'll get to hit the reset button and play for a team that obviously wants him. So maybe he'll be able to kind of finally be able to put those numbers that we saw in college into the major league level. Speaking of stars from Kentucky, Willie Cauley-Stein fully committed to his contract to the Warriors, which is a no surprise to anybody. He signed a two-year, $4.4 million deal with a player option in the second season. So basically a one-year deal if he really performs well and is going to be able to get a bunch of money um, next season. But what is in true Willie Cauley-Stein fashion. He was on the NBC Sports Affiliate out in the Bay Area and was was telling a tale about how he got signed with the Warriors. And he started the tale about saying how, you know, he thought that it was going to take a while to get a deal done. And so he's like, I need to get a hobby to kind of kill some time while I'm waiting for other free agents to sign. So he said that he picked up fishing. Yeah, fishing. And he was outside, as he put it, way out in the boonies. And then all of a sudden a call kind of came through from his agent, and they're like, where are you at? And he there's like back and forth, and he goes, you need to get to better service. you got to take a call. And so the call ends up being from Steve Kerr. And so he's like, oh, okay, I want to be the Warriors. And so he's thinking, and it's back and forth, and the the Warriors also sign Kavon Looney, but he still is interested, and he's like, I'm going to take the veterans minimum, and he's going to go be a Warrior on that two-year player option deal because uh, he wanted a fresh start, as he said. And so just, I mean, the classic, classic Willie Cauley-Stein story where just – in a common occurrence in the sense that a ton of free agents, you know, have these phone calls, but you throw in the fact that he's out on some lake somewhere and he gets a call from Steve Kerr, only Willie Cauley-Stein. And, of course, he had a tweet about it. He said, Trill the angler. Y'all got to see what I pulled in the other day. I am really all in on Willie Cauley-Stein showing us some pictures of his fish. Because, 
like he'll probably then grill them up and make them into some fantastic dish. He, he's one of a kind. He is one of a kind, that's for sure. All right, I think that's everything we got to talk about today. We will hopefully talk to Kyle Tucker again soon. Until then, you can read his work on The Athletic and follow him at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. You can hear me, as I mentioned, on 630 WLAP. Weeknight, 6 to 8 p.m. on Big Blue Insider. And then Sunday mornings, Sunday morning sports talk. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Please subscribe. Please share. Those are the two things that we're asking you to do to help this podcast grow. Share it via your social media. Share it via text. Or just share it by telling somebody about it. Just tell them that you enjoy Locked on Kentucky and they should look it up on their favorite podcast player. We're on pretty much everything. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all of them. So just give us give us a search, find us, and hit that subscribe button. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Has begun or began? The, either way, has be, beganin? The, behind Kentucky basketball, the,